Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus and Why, I am joined by Tasneem Ali. Welcome, Tasneem. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Amy, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on your podcast. Well, we were brought together by the wonderful Rachel Maunder. So thank you, Rachel. It's always a pleasure to have someone recommended. In fact, I haven't actually had to look for many people because I just get so many recommendations, which is just wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's the topic of your podcast is so inspiring that I'm sure when people listen to it, they feel like, oh, I just want to be a guest on your podcast. And that's how I felt for sure. Well, I do get a lot of people requesting and there is a waiting list. So you do have to be patient as you have been. So thank you very much for for waiting to come on the show. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. So what is it that is leading you to want to share on on the show what is it you wanted to to why did you want to be a guest essentially well I think it's first the topic of sharing your why I think I think as life gets on and you know we do what we do I think a lot of people tend to forget why they're doing certain things especially in your career in your job where you're spending a huge chunk of your life And I think as I listened to your podcast and when Rachel mentioned about it as well, I felt like going deeper into what you do and why you do it is so important to lead a purposeful life. And hence, that's that's the reason I reached out. And, you know, I, I, I thought, well, if I can share my story and inspire even one person, I think um, it would be a life well lived. Well, I think there might be more than one person that you inspire today. I hope so. So why don't you take us back and share your story then, Tasneem? All righty. Okay, so my story is, so just just to set the stage, um, I am an authentic leadership coach and I support introverts in growing their career by creating this leadership presence and in the process getting out of their own way. So um, having established this, let me um, take a step back and tell you why I do what I do. So my story begins with, I'm originally from Pakistan. Um, I've uh, lived and worked in the UAE. From UAE, I went to Canada. um, And then from the Canada right now, I'm in the UK. And as I have continuously progressed in the corporate world, um, so, you know, my my corporate background is in market research. I've uh, successfully, you know, sort of succeeded and grown my career. And The one thing which was common across all the countries that I've worked in is living in an extroverted world. And myself being an introvert, I think that while growing my career in the corporate world was 
not easy by any means. I think that it was a little bit more challenging because of my personality. And I, and I think that as I uh, thought about pivoting and doing something more with my life, um, and it took me a while to figure out what, what is missing, you know, what is it that I want to do more? And when I um, got, came across a coach and got coaching myself, I realized that this is exactly what I want to do. And as I started um, getting more of coaching, I realized that if, if ever I pivot or do something more in my life, in my work, this is exactly what I'll do. So I got trained as a coach. And when I got trained as a coach, I, you know, there's my, my training allows me to support a wide variety of people, but my heart kept going back to two main things. One is authenticity. So living really as your authentic self. And I've always been insanely passionate about leadership. Like that's just been an area that I've focused on in my entire career, developing myself, so and so forth. And when I brought those two together, I realized that there was one element that I sort of wanted to make an impact in the world. And that's through supporting the introverts. I think that me being an introvert and having sort of grown my career in the extroverted world, I realized that there's so much that introverts bring to the table, but all the advice and the feedback that's given is given from an extroverted world. And if only there is the support for introverts to show up as their authentic selves and lead their career and their teams in a way that is true to them, I think we'll, we'll have better working environments. And that's really why I do what I do. I love that. And I love that you said it all came from the heart, that that was what has led this whole focus that you are now, your focus on your why is, is led from the heart. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, I've been very fortunate that I've done really well in my career. However, I saw people who sort of, I think their authentic self was compromised because the feedback that you get is, you know, you need to go out there, you need to um, network more, you need to build your brand, you need to be more visible. And when an introvert hears this, the first thought that comes to their mind is resignation. I cannot do this. It's not possible for me. And all this work that they've put in for the first five to eight years of their career is sort of brought to a standstill because you know the saying that what got you here won't get you there it's it's exactly that because once you sort of reach that middle point of five to eight years when you you've become a manager you've done great work you've been realized by your potential and the next step is that that leadership position and in that leadership position it's not about just what you do but it's how you do it how you show up and that's what you're being assessed for and a lot of people get stuck in their career at that point and that's that's my passion area that's where I want to support people to be their authentic selves to to have this leadership presence but still allows them to be visible but in a way that feels right for them so they can continue to grow and you mentioned about we're living in an extroverted world who's created that um, I think the people who can speak the loudest <laughs> and um, by no means there is any, I, I mean, there's no cynicism to it because the beauty is that it, it, the extroverts, it comes naturally for them. That's authentic to them to, you know, stand and have a loud conversation in the you know middle of the office floor and speak to many people, go networking in a conference. And that's 
authentic to them. And because that's more visible, that's more loud, the expectation sort of, you know, becomes that that's normal. That's how you become, that's how you do things. And that really isn't the only way. Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. So let's create a world that's not necessarily an introverted world. Let's create a world where there is a, more of a balance. How do you see that being led or how, who's going to be leading that campaign to creating this more balanced society? I think that there's so much work being done in the diversity, inclusion and equity space. But there's so many areas that need progress that I think personality types is something that is not really focused on a lot. And because it's not visible, you know, just as the world has progressed from focusing from physical health to mental health, which is not seen, I think that from DEI perspective, personality types is a long way, like there's still ways to go. And hence, if I can spread the word and if I can bring that awareness and that education to um, not just the introverted people and support them, but also just management and people in leadership positions as a whole, for them to realize of how we support our team members, how we support our people varies and it should be customized based on who they are. I think it's that shift in um, in thinking that needs that needs to be done. And I, I do believe that once people become aware, now they have a choice and they can act on it. And it's not just in the workplace, is it, that you're you're looking to create this leadership balance? No, absolutely not. I mean, this shows up and this affects us in our personal life as well. It's, um, I think that, say, if you, let's take an example, you're at a party. And it's not that introverts don't want to be there. They just don't know well a they don't want to be you know in the in the in the middle you know having the loudest conversation they're very happy to sit in a corner and have you know chat with one or two people and have that really great conversation um i think uh, i i think there's a lot more to it as well it's about bringing that balance about realizing that somebody who's just speaking to one or two people it's about being inclusive, that that's what their preference is. It's not that they're being shy or they're not being inclusive, but they're not present. They're just present in a different way. And the more people understand and realize this, the more um, equity we can bring overall in our lives as well and how we interact with each other. Now, you clearly understand your personality and how it affects your your how you show up, how you approach situations, how you, you're leading other people, how you're being authentic in that. How much of this is not understanding more about yourself first? I think I think it's all about that. It's I mean, as soon as you understand who you are, then you can do something about it. The first step is to understand, is to bring that level of self-awareness that a lot of times we don't have either the will or the capacity, or there might be some resignation. And that's where I think authenticity comes in as well, that, you know, it all starts in our somehow, somewhere in our childhood. And that if we weren't accepted as our authentic selves, and we were expected to be somebody else, you know, a, a version of what other people thought we should be, that's where a lot of people, and especially introverts, sort of 
you know, um, sort of go back in their shell and they start sort of thinking that, oh, that's how I am. And either something's wrong with me or it's the other extreme version. This is who I am and I don't care if people like me or not. And it could go the, the either ways. And it's, it's understanding that there is a better way. You know, you sort of have to understand who you are. You have to accept yourself. You have to love yourself. And only then you can start showing it in the world and people to see and love you and embrace you for who you are. And that translates everywhere, whether it's your personal life, your professional life, it will always affect all areas of your life. Yeah, I love that. It's it's so important, isn't it? This It comes down to love. And, and quite often, if you wanted to sort of see the origins of a lot of, of what we do and why we do it, it comes down to understanding who we are as an individual and then understanding who we are and how we show up. And as you said, it's about seeing, loving and embracing who you are, not only others, but yourself first as well. So it comes back to that moment. You said it starts in childhood. It's it's an impression that we have early on in life that is then sets the course without us being aware it's in the subconscious. So going back, what, what's the way that you can unravel that course that we've set for ourselves? I think it requires a lot of deep reflection. And I, I do think that having a coach by your side who can support you in that journey because you might uncover things where if you don't have the right support, you wouldn't know what to do with the stuff that you've sort of figured out for yourself. And having that level of support is really important. But what you may uncover um, can almost liberate you because now you understand what happened, why it happened, and what you can do about it. A lot of times, I think as we grow up, I don't think there is any wrong intent, but that's just how the society works. Is there a lot of labels attached to it? Oh, this person's shy. And you believe that you're shy. You know, she's not confident. And you start believing that you're not confident. But maybe it wasn't really about confidence. It wasn't about being shy. It was just about courage. It's about somebody saying, yes, you can do it. Go ahead. And if that level of support is provided, where there's this, encouragement to be who you are and do the things that feel right to you then you can almost keep stepping up and doing those things but if you, if some part of your authentic self was compromised when you were young then you learn to not like yourself you learn that there's something wrong with who you are and therefore it affects you in in your adulthood as well it makes a lot of sense so you're talking about labels, you're talking about liberation and about courage and, and these self-fulfilling prophecies that are, are happening as a result of being labeled uh, young. And then you sort of step into that as, as a role that you then act out. And you talk about authenticity. How do you know what authenticity is if you've been acting a role for so long? I think deep down people know this is, I don't fit into my body. I don't, this is not me, but you don't know any better. You don't know what to do with that. And it goes back to having this deep awareness of what you feel, what you think, and is it in line with how you act? And as if how you feel and how you think are in line with how you act, then you're being authentic. But if there's an internal struggle, 
and the way you act is not in line with all of that, then you know you're not being authentic. Yeah, that's that's the easiest way to figure out. And how much of a part does sort of imposter phenomenon play here? Um, I think imposter phenomenon, it's, it's really, um, I think people sort of tend to think that it's very much about you not believing in yourself. But I also think that a huge part of that is the environment that you operate in as well. And if the environment is supportive, then you can learn to trust your abilities. And if you trust your abilities, then while there might be a nagging voice inside saying, oh, I'm not sure if you can do this, I think you can overcome it because that right environment is there. So again, going back to flourishing and being yourself, your authentic self, it all goes back to whether are you in the right environment, do you have the right support, and therefore what the impact is. But the first step is to take ownership of what role you play in that environment. So knowing this is your your focus, knowing this is your why, your driver behind what you do, what what is the legacy or the or the, the outcome that you're really seeking to achieve here, Tasneem, empowering introverts across the world? I suppose the the uh, legacy is a really big word, isn't it? And um, I think the way I can answer it is. 20 years from now, if I look back and I see if I've made small but consistent impact in people's lives, um, whether it's through coaching, whether it's they've attended a training, whether they've heard a podcast and they've been inspired to be a little bit more authentic, maybe, you know, be uh, accepted the introverted version of themselves. And even if there's this, that small thing where they've learned to accept or, or try to gain more awareness of who they are, or finally decided to do something about it and show up in the world as them, them their powerful selves, I think that's, that's probably the legacy that I would want to leave behind, impacting lives in a way that allows them to really live fully and be happy and accept who they are. So if you took yourself back to that young girl born and raised in Pakistan, would you see yourself where you are now then? If I remove the geography and the boundaries that come with it, I do believe I think I'm exactly where I have seen myself to be. Um, Doing what I did, extremely passionate about the jobs that I've done in the corporate world. But also, I think from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to leave this world a better place. And I've always been involved in some shape and form, whether it's actively, you know, supporting people through some act of service or, you know, whether it's mentoring or financial support or whatever. I mean, I think everything that I've done in my life has sort of led me up to where I am today. And you mentioned act of service and and knowing do you do you know your love languages have you heard of the the phrase love languages that's I have and I did it a while back and I don't remember what the result was (laughs) 
this is the work of Dr. Gary Chapman, and he says that there are five love languages, and I've talked about it before, but just that phrase, acts of service, is one of the five love languages, as long, along with words of affirmation, receiving gifts, physical touch, and quality time. So I'm just wondering, you know, with you saying that it, this is your way of giving and receiving love is, is through your acts of service. I, I do. I, yes, I absolutely believe it. And I think act of service sort of shows up in many different ways, right? One is to support people who uh, might not have the, uh, I mean, in, in the easiest form, might not have the, the, uh, the, the luxuries of life that you might have. So that's one way. But the other way is of supporting somebody in their, in their, you know, time of need, for example, or, it could also be just being there for a friend and, you know, doing what you say you would do. Um, and for me, yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I'll probably have to go back and visit uh, and what, see what my results are. But I do think that active service is, is a huge part of who I am. And you mentioned environment and the importance of the environment that we operate in and how supportive we have that. How much does sort of the environment that you were brought up with and, and around you impacting the, the way that you're perceiving the world and the possibilities that you have going forward? I think fundamentally, I think that's, that's the, the biggest part of who you are. Um, you know, I think studies after studies have shown that, that it's uh, the environment that the child grows up in up to the age of seven is what is going, it's the formative years and that's going to actually dictate what they become or how their lives are going to be, um, you know, 20, 30, 50 years onwards from there. And I think that if if you're brought up in the right environment in the first few years of your life, where you're, sh where you're shown possibilities, where you're encouraged, where, you know, you're celebrated, then the trajectory of your life will be very, very different. Um, and absolutely, I think environment continue and not just it doesn't stop at, you know, eight, seven, right? It's it's the environment that you continue to be in. And as you become older, you choose to be in. That will ensure um, sort of the outcomes that you go after as well. So have, been the, have there been any challenges for you, Tasneem, as an introvert in, in an extroverted world that you have overcome that you would like to share with us? Um, I think so. I think that um, the reason I'm so passionate about supporting uh, people, um, especially the ones who want to be in leadership positions, is how to create that that presence, that um, that visibility at your workplace in a way that feels authentic to you. So I back when I probably would say I was I was a manager, I was a senior manager. And my next step was that uh, director role. And I think that the, the only thing that was holding me back was not, not enough people knowing me and not um, enough the right people who have the influence or the decision-making power, not knowing who I am and why they should promote me to that next level. And I you know, sort of ticked all the boxes in terms of doing great work, clients being happy, bringing the business, like doing all of that. But that big factor was missing. And it was really hard for me as an introvert to start going to conferences and networking with people, for example. 
and just striking up conversations that just didn't feel right to me. And I think that I, what I basically did is that I almost took a step back and I said, okay, right, I'm going to do it my way. I'm, it might be a little slower, but me trying to strike up conversations with people are not going anywhere because they're awkward and it's just not working out. And I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not because that's what is expected of me. And I think that what I did was I basically, you know, sort of thought about what do I enjoy? What are my strengths? What comes naturally to me? And I started using those small little things like, you know, it's easier for me to grab a coffee with somebody and have a good conversation for 10 minutes in that middle of the day. Um, it's easier for me to reach out to somebody and um, ask for um, support or advice on how to grow my career or I'm having challenges with this client. And it's one by one, you start building these relationships because one by one, people start to get to know you, the, you know, a little bit more about you, how you would approach things. And I think that that really helped me slowly and gradually build my visibility internally and externally. And, um, and, and that's been a huge uh, part of how I've overcome that challenge of that visibility bit and people saying that people don't know you and therefore you need to work on that before we get you promoted. And I think it's doable. You just have to find your own way. Yeah, I love that. I love the find your own way message here. And it's really interesting because you, you mentioned right at the beginning about how you want to make an impact on if someone, one person takes action after listening to this, you know, that's great. And it is that one by one approach because I, I was like, oh, you want to Im impress more people. That's the difference between the introvert and the extrovert approaches is, is that I, I get that now. I understand what you're saying here is that it's not possible for you because your energy doesn't come that way. It's it's a very much, I'm going to work on this slowly and in, uh, at my own pace, doing it my own way, as opposed to having to reach the masses and speak loudly from a stage. Yeah, absolutely. It's you just, I mean, and you'll be surprised. There are introverts who love being on stage, who, you know, it's they're they're confident and it, it still gives them energy. They'll be drained right after, but it's, you know, they enjoy that. And if that's your way, then go for it. But it's only when you stop and reflect and understand what is it that you enjoy, what comes naturally to you, what can you get better at, what you want to do, that you can then start crafting that way for yourself. So what would you say your core strengths are? My core strengths, um, I think number one is courage. Um, I think that when I want to do something, I just say one, you know, just one step at a time, you can do this. And um, I think courage has played a huge part in who I am. Um, and I'm very analytical. So I think that really helps me out in all sorts of situations, um, especially staying calm uh, under pressure or it's a fight to fight mode. I'm like, all right, let's take a deep breath and we're going to figure this out. <laughs> so I think those would be probably my two core strengths, I would say. I love that. And I'm, whenever I'm listening to my guests speak, I'm always thinking, what's the title for this episode? What, what's the core message here? And I keep underlining different things as I'm, as I'm jotting down notes. And it is that one step at a time, that do it your way. And, and it also it's like take a deep, deep breath to just reflect on, on what it is that you're, you're seeing here. What is it you're experiencing? But that courage, I mean, that is such a big strength I mean that is huge that that overrides everything doesn't it it's it 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 overcomes fear right because fear is what holds us back 
continuously in every aspect of our life. And even if there's, you know, deep desire and deep passion to do something, but if we are so held back by fear, now how do you overcome that fear? You overcome that fear by being courageous, by taking that one step. And soon you'll realize that once you start taking the steps, things start becoming easier. And when they become easier, it becomes second nature. And now you can do it in a way that feels right to you. So it's, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I can remember my my teacher at school saying to me, Amy, you need to have courage of conviction. And I was like, I don't know, even know what that means. But, <laughs> you know, off to, to the dictionary to go and work out what that actually meant. At, but at the time, it was a case of just back yourself, you know, understand that you are able to do what, what you want to do. And that you don't have to keep seeking external validation or look out elsewhere for the answers that you have these answers. And and that's what I'm hearing from you today is very much that that courage to to be to remain calm under pressure and just know that you've got this. Yeah, it's just keep telling yourself, I've got this right. It's and, and, and you do. I think that people generally know they know what the next step is. They just need to be courageous enough to believe in themselves and take that one step forward. I love that. So taking that one step forward, how will people get in contact with you, Tasneem? Well, um, the easiest way is uh, to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you just look up uh, Tasneem Ali and you look at Authentic Leadership Coach, I will show up. Um, and I am also present on uh, Facebook and Instagram where you can find the links in show notes as well. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. They'll all be in the show notes. Tasneem, it's been an absolute delight to discover your authentic self. It really has been. And I, I'm still working on that title for this episode. It will it, it will just see which one comes out to the forefront when I'm, I'm thinking about it later. But yeah, thank you for sharing what drives people in life and, and how to lead a more purposeful life. It is obviously the center of this whole podcast. So thank you. Do you have some final words for the audience, please? Well, I would leave them with the famous words of whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcasts five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.